Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one backdoor escaping minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us uh, one one last time, Hal Lublin. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being here all week. It's been a pleasure sitting in with you guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. You are uh, another podcast I have uh, forced my way onto. If I go, oh. hey, how come I'm not on your podcast? I like that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're glad that uh, we're glad you did. You stronged us, strong armed us on, and uh, it's been great. So we're glad you're here. Uh, today, we are going back to minute 85, uh, important number in Back to the Future lore, um, which <laughs> starts with. Marty asking Doc if he's okay and ends with Marty, a quick shot of Marty pulling back a curtain POV shot, which yeah. uh, we don't have a lot of in these movies, but it's a real, uh, real Kong skull Island move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've gotten to my favorite joke in back to the future part three. Awesome. Um, my favorite joke. It's uh, it's really dumb, but does this place have a back door? Yeah, it's in the back. <laughs> it's such a it's such a throwaway joke that they don't they don't they don't focus on at all, and every time it makes me laugh. Well, I think that's why it works because if if Marty had looked at the camera and crossed his eyes and gone like, "Oh boy," like it <laughs> yeah. wouldn't work. But just the idea that the guy's dumb enough. <laughs> I believe I believe that we this is the return of a, a kind of Bob Gale joke that we saw a lot of or noticed a lot of in the script for part one. Mm hmm. Like just weird little jokes that you would only find you would only notice if you were like reading the script and saw the wordplay. Right. Um, but yeah, those are always those are always fun. Oh, just I, I love the throwaway jokes those are always my favorite and uh this one is it's a real gem it's a real gem this one it works well Ugh. what does doc say about the aspirin i kind of lose it uh oh, the, well the he just he I says that's tylenol right he, right yeah yeah the thing i miss in this time the most is tylenol or some something to that effect yeah yeah so i'm confused i thought the whole point of the wake-up juice oh okay well it's not a hangover cure it's a wake-up cure Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because it's called wake up juice. Man. But also, I, <laughs> have we discovered that Doc lives his life in constant pain? Oh. If the one thing he misses the most from the modern uh, modern era is Tylenol. He's just constantly ache, aches. Well, he's in his and... 70s. I mean. <laughs> but he had that new liver put in. He had his spleen replaced. He had like a brand true. new. He's got the same bones, though. Yeah. The one thing they couldn't fix was his arthritis. Oh, those right. poor old bones. He needs to. He needs to go back. Uh, go back to the future. He needs to go back to the future and uh, get get some adamantium installed. Yeah. Now, if he hears a if he hears a <laughs> movies if he hears a movie, he's playing longer than two hours. He's like, oh boy, <laughs> I can't bend my knees for that long. No, thank you. 
<laughs> Can I, I don't stand in the back? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a large popcorn and a 32 pack of extra strength Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I, I mix it into the popcorn. <laughs> I, I, I brought my own mortar and pestle and I'll turn it into a powder and I'll put that on top like it's one of those Orville Redenbacher dresses. Right. Just and then and then he's just like like with his with his thumb and his ring finger just kind of sprinkling it across his popcorn. Yeah. And then a little on his gums. There you go. Yeah. What's the what's the candy that you're supposed to put in popcorn and it's supposedly really good? Junior mints? Uh, yeah, ju- I've heard junior mints, I've raisinets, milk duds. Milk duds. That's what I've seen yeah, in movies. Okay. Is people putting yeah. milk duds in their popcorn. And I've always like, I've I- seen M&Ms a lot too. I do That's- it with peanut M&Ms. Yeah. And it's it creates some real surprises at the bottom of the bag when you're like, I thought I ate all of that. What a treat for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gravity, Gravity has gifted me <laughs> some extra candy. The last couple of times I've been uh I've been I've been really going for those red vines. Mm. Not a, I'm a Twizzlers guy. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, can't do, can't do the red. Red vines uh, taste like, uh, like toothpaste and orange juice to me. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, uh, it's like a cough syrup or something. I yeah, don't know. It's like a like a Robitussin chew. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. See, it. to me, that's what Junior Mints do. Is I can't have Junior Mints and then a drink because then it's like that's weird to me. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're good. They, you need like water with Junior Mints because they're really that strong mint. If you have right. anything else, it just nothing tastes right. Yeah. You lose it all. It's true. Well, God um, makes all kinds, I guess. Well, this has been uh, <laughs> this, this has been uh, Movie Candy Minute. It's like and three the- Andy Rooney's were in a room together, like talking to each other. <laughs> I don't think I like uh, M&M's and I'm peanuts. Sometimes you find a little something at the bottom of the bag, and it's a little treat. It's a gift for you. M&M's without the peanut. I mean, what's the point? (laughs) I don't like these push-button machines. I don't trust them to get the drink right. (laughs) How does it know the the correct mixture of soda and syrup? (laughs) (laughs) I'm convinced those machines have a witch inside them. Like and witches. I don't like witches. I don't like them. That was I'm gonna, a. I'm gonna burn that machine at the stake. <laughs> I met a witch, a witch when I was a little boy, and she put a curse on me. That's why I sound like this. <laughs> there was a there was a really beautiful that was a real beautiful era of television when 60 Minutes just gave Andy Rooney just the last <laughs> 10 minutes of every show. In that messy office. Yeah, <laughs> just no one goes into anymore. He's <laughs> been sitting here reading through unsolved murders, and I realized I don't like Doritos. Hello. <laughs> uh, I, Every- it would be really funny if you could go back and watch. I mean, good lord, but go back and watch all of those in order and see if the office that he's in <laughs> is like pristine in the first episode and then just. De-evolves into just a disaster <laughs> by the last one. It's the drawer with a piece of pizza flopping out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, be amazing. Uh, um. So uh, how we were talking about. So yeah. So they go out. They go out back, which is really like out to the side. Um. Because there is no. There is no back. Uh, <laughs> right. 
to yeah. any of these buildings. Um, but uh, they go out back to the side and they're in the alley and one of uh, one of Mad Dog's posse catch them and start firing and Marty runs into the to this place next door. What is this place? It's Where the oven he? store. It's the, oh, it's the oven <laughs> they store. They only have one oh. model. <laughs> Come get your oven. <laughs> I hope we don't sell this. I mean, I want the money, but also we'll have to close afterward because I don't have any other ovens. <laughs> Just the one. I uh, am I, I I'm a little worried. Like, how hard did he hit that thing? It just falls off like that. Oh, well, it's just a model. So, OK, yeah. OK. Yeah, he, cool. He has a surprisingly thick frame, I guess, for a little guy. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's Could, that's like like Vin Diesel doesn't do that. When he <laughs> when he gets thrown into something, yeah, and he runs into ovens all the time. He isn't knocking off a single one of them. <laughs> that's that's what all those Fast and the Furious movies are about, he, right? He just hates yeah. ovens. <laughs> I live my life a quarter of an oven at a time. <laughs> always, break, always breaking them. Yeah. Uh, for a second, I was like, "Did what if Doc?" I was gonna say, "Be interesting if." Um, Right before the bad guy starts shooting at Doc and he has to leap down, I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's getting like flashbacks to 1985." And I'm like, "Oh, wait, that that never happened to this Doc." That's right, but he uh, knows it was supposed to. No, it it happened. It happened. Oh, that's he right. Was he was just the bulletproof vest. He was, yeah, oh. he has the bulletproof vest. It still happened. Right, 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 right. For for a hot second in my head, I thought this was the Doc he met in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't right, look right, enough right. like George. He didn't have the George Washington hair. That's how you know when you've got the yes. 1950s Doc yeah. Brown. It's true. And it's, it's blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not uh, not uh, stark white. You know, another. Um, do you guys think the picture briefly had both of their names on it until they ducked? Like, at what oh, point, like for it. how yeah. far ahead does that picture change? <laughs> yeah i don't know it transitions pretty slowly so i don't know that it'd be able to react to that uh well fast enough it does become clint eastwood pretty quickly doesn't it that's true Early yeah end. i mean well it sort of develops like uh like a polaroid like a like a fast polaroid yeah. right it's like a really right. slow loading gif on twitter okay right. <laughs> That is interesting. Though, I, do, yeah. I do like the idea of him just being like, you get, you got a, you, get, <laughs> you have a, a back door, and he's like, yeah, it's in the back, and he looks at the picture, and it has both their names on. He's like, do you have a side door? <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them is dead. Well, what if we go out the top? Oh no, both. Yeah. Time is con- <laughs> do you have a roof access? <laughs> he's just constantly looking at the photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it time is a character in this one because in the first one the picture fades slowly, mm-hmm. but now yeah. it's like getting just quicker and quicker. It's kind of like right? the One Ring. It's that unseen villain that like just yes affects everything. Well, it's sort of like the reverse of what's happening in the first movie because in the first movie he is slowly ceasing to exist unless of an event finally comes around and happens, whereas this is he will die unless he can stop an event from happening. So it's it's sort of like opposite. So instead of trying to make sure something happens, he's trying to prevent it. Right. I feel like there was more wiggle room in the first movie 
uh, with with the with what the picture's doing, um, and that might be why it's like moving so slowly. Whereas here, it's faster because they're like right on top of the event and everything. And things can still change so much, I guess. Yeah, and it's more right. of an either or than a maybe kind of thing. So I don't know. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, yeah, Doc surrendering. It's definitely it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like the terrorists, Libyan nationalists. Yeah, yeah. He does not care for guns, although he does own one. So well, yeah, he has that old revolver uh, in yeah. Back to the Future. You yeah, know, it's, it's interesting that you say that, Hal, because I was just thinking like when they are opened fire upon or shot at. This is kind of only like the the second or third time in this whole trilogy where there's gunfire. Uh, third, yeah, that's there was true. One, once in once in each movie. Yeah, and like it just seems like I don't know. I mean, like not to get too like bleeding hard about it, but it is a bummer. I I, I just remember walking through a movie theater last summer, and like there were five comedies posters in a row where they were bo- all holding guns, and I was like. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer that like all these comedies like need to have like people getting shot and guns. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's, it's just, like, it's yeah. True. Yeah, it's true. Like the, in general, the worst thing that was going to happen in Back to the Future until this one was like, you're going to get a pounding. Yeah. Uh, right, at least yeah. in the first one. Then the second one is like, oh, crap. Biff's got a gun, guys. We've got to stop him somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's cool. It's cool in movies where it's cool to see in a trilogy of movies that appeal so much to kids and families that like guns are seen as something very serious and dangerous. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. It's cool. It's the cool little thing. Yeah. It's good. Although, although I, I now, uh, I now associate, uh, gun, gun violence with both moonwalking and Billy Jean. So <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Give and take. Uh, this is such a um, weird movie. It is. <laughs> uh, so we see uh, the train taking off uh, with Clara on it. And uh, again, you know, Nick, you asked, well, what is the point of this barbed wire salesman? Well, oh, here we here's, go. Here's the payoff. Uh, the barbed wire salesman from uh, the saloon last night was uh, is now seated behind Clara on the train uh, going back to San Francisco. I guess it's, I guess the eggs on my face for doubting the, the payoff pay method of uh, Bobby Z and Bobby G. Yeah. Everything comes in twos. <laughs> everything. Also, this dude is very empathetic. He is. He's very sensitive. I like it. Yeah. Is, He's a, I feel too deeply. <laughs> I was really struck by that man's emotion, and like yeah. it's kind of sad because in the scene he was kind of trying to huck. He was kind of trying. He was acting as kind of a huckster, and I I like that. It's almost like through interacting with Doc, he was like, "Man, that guy was really hurt, and I was just still trying to sell him barbed wire." Like, what, <laughs> what does that say about me? Yeah, who am I? I? <laughs> I just love that he's talking to some random person on the train about some poor drunk guy he met at the bar. Yeah, like is this guy a stranger? 
Yeah, I think he's another Mark, and that's why he's like, oh, no, it broke no. my heart, and that's why I gotta sell this bridge in Brooklyn. If I can only unload it, I can help my grandmother, who I also feel terrible for. <laughs> that's my problem, is I care too much. Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna that's die That's why you should heart. know. That's why you can trust me to sell you this barbed wire fence. <laughs> and while I'm at it, my brother's got one oven. In perfect condition. <laughs> perfect condition. Why, I've sold ovens in Shelbyville, North Averbrook. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so this really catches, uh, this really catches Clara in the heart. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know who she, who he's talking about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but... She's just like, uh, she's listening and she's just like, man, I just, I wish I could find a man like that is, oh, is what, right. what yeah. seems to be crossing her face because, you know, at this point she thinks, I mean, you know, she slept, she had a one night stand with a guy yeah. who visited her house the next day and said, I'm a time traveler and I have to go back to the future now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... She's not she's not feeling great about things. I mean, what what movie was that where was that was that 51st Dates where Adam Sandler was like the guy that was like I'm a I'm actually a spy and so I have to go away forever now. Oh yeah, like his, his deal was he would always come up with crazy like ways to get out of relationships. Right. To to get out of like commitment. Second dates basically. Yeah, commitments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was Fifty First Dates. You know, sure that's that's an Adam Sandler movie. I I don't dislike. I I'm not crazy about the ending. The ending's a little weird, but other than that, I think it's fine. Yeah, I'm just excited for the two of you to do uh, Adam Sandler minute, where you go through all of his movies <laughs> one minute at a time. Oh, I, I I mean, I I'd be dead by the end of Billy Madison, to be honest. <laughs> I don't I don't think I could. I don't I I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it. This is your chance to find out what you're made of. <laughs> you know, is- I want to. I want to start an "I was there too," but I'm talking your yellow belly, Adam Sandler love. <laughs> I want to. I want to start like an "I was there too," but I want to talk to like the rich douchebag in every Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> so like, I get to talk to, like Bradley. Well, the Whitford. first person you talk to is Bradley Whitford, so that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then like <laughs> Seth Cohen's dad was one, and Mr. Deeds, right? Yep. Yep. Some interesting actors. Yeah, you got Peter Gallagher in there. You've got uh, uh, Big Daddy. There really isn't one, is there? Mm, I, I guess technically I mean, John Stewart. I yeah, know. I was gonna say technically John Stewart. I think. Yeah, he he doesn't do right by the kid at first. No. At least. Right. No. Uh, oh man, yeah, I was but, gonna say I could never interview Philip Seymour Hoffman for Punch Drunk Love. Oh. Oh, he gets, yeah. I guess he's technically the role of like the douchebag that he has to like overcome in that movie. You you have a you have a bad habit of uh, always bringing the show down on Friday. You're just like let's <laughs> let me bring up a dead celebrity <laughs> on Friday right before we get out of here. It's it's, it's been it's been like three years. I think as much as we all miss him, I think we we made peace. With him. <laughs> Every Friday's an in memoriam. I, let me bring it back for a second. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah. To please, is this the longest payoff? In any of the films, because he watches, what is it? It's not Fistful of Dollars, is it? Where he does that trick? Is it Good, Bet, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Maybe. 
and that and uh, he's, get, he's about to use that trick. So he's it's taken an entire film practically for that to pay off. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a like, like a, a film year. and a half because yeah. that's in uh, alternate uh, alternate nineteen eighty five. So that's. Yeah. Like the middle of part two. Yeah, the only thing I, the only my own, and, and we brought this up before, but the uh, the only issue I have with that is that I I just wish there was a moment in part one where they had stuck that in. Uh, like right. like something, some reference to him liking Clint Eastwood. Yeah, or like, are you were you at Seven yeah. Eleven playing that Lone Gunman game again, Marty? Right. <laughs> Jennifer, shut up! Shut up! It, it's his. It's Biff that's watching it, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. But oh, that's but, very true. That's very true. Uh, but but they establish, I guess, within the within the movies. Uh, you're you're right. The movies seem to establish that he the the setup is he comes into he comes into the that scene where where Biff is watching. Uh, I think it's for a few dollars more. I think I okay. can't remember. It's the second um, one in the trilogy. Yeah, I think it's that one. Get uh, it? And. Uh, he sees this this thing happen with the with the stove door um bulletproof vest and gets the idea it seems like he gets the idea not only the idea for this but also the idea to name himself Clint Eastwood um from that scene but in the uh the comics which are technically canon because they are they do come from the mind of uh, Bob Gale um right. so they're as close to canon as you can get uh, outside of the movies, uh, it is established that he is actually a huge Clint Eastwood fan. And in fact, uh, that's how he and Jennifer got together is that they both they're both like two Clint Eastwood fangirls, basically. Um, and their first date was a Clint Eastwood uh, marathon at the local theater, which was 13 hours long. <laughs> right. Jeez. Oh, uh, three movies. The movie, by the way, is uh, Fistful of Dollars. Oh, it is Fistful, um, of, Fistful of Dollars. Okay. Of dollars. Yeah, he has, a, he has right. a steel plate or an iron okay. plate under him, under his uh, Baja or whatever, whatever that frock is that he's wearing. Whatever they I call feel, it. Yeah, Clint Eastwood always described himself as a Baja man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was always uh, hunting down those dogs and whoever let <laughs> yeah. him out. I got to find him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, I, I mean, I, I, no, actually that's not the longest payoff. That is the second longest payoff. The longest payoff is, uh, Jennifer in 2015 finding out about the accident and then Marty not going through on the accident at the end of part three. Much to Jennifer's relief. Okay. Right. Okay. And the, and the you're fired facts. Uh, disappearing yes yeah so it's almost insulting how much they try to make jennifer matter in the final minutes of the movie well <laughs> poor jennifer um yeah i think uh i think that about uh covers it um it's been I a still i want i want to know i'm hoping we get a better shot of this of this place that he's in marty is in uh next week because i i really want to know what the hell this is because my my instinct would be, oh, it's the blacksmith's place, but I mean, we all know that's not true because, right, that's Doc's lab. So, yeah. I don't know what this is. Um, and the stove salesman—it's in the middle of the room, isn't it? <laughs> it's just in the middle of the room. Yeah, just chilling out. It, it almost looks abandoned. 
<laughs> the old abandoned know. stove house. Don't go in <laughs> yeah. there, kids. <laughs> There's another dock in there. What are you uh so anyway um how thanks so much for joining us this week oh thanks for having me this has been uh this has been great absolutely if you ever uh if you ever want to be on spider-man minute let me know sounds good all I'll, right i'll cool. swing in <laughs> Get it, all guys. right you'll fit right in look I'm at that s- i'm so glad that was the last thing i put out there <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Uh, so one one last uh, one last plug. Tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Follow me at Hal Lublin on Twitter. Go to HalLublin.com. It's like Dublin, Ireland, but with an L in front of it instead of a D. Uh, and listen to all my podcasts. We got this. Tights and Fights. Surprisingly Nice. Welcome to Night Vale and Thrilling Adventure Hour. They're all out there for you to listen to wherever you get podcasts. All right. Awesome. And uh, if you haven't... Uh, if you're not sick of Nick and I yet, uh, go check out our Patreon page. And uh, if you become a patron, you'll get you'll gain access to Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition, our weekend uh, podcast where we talk about all things Back to the Future and Back to the Future related. Um, I think we did did like a review of like uh, whatever that what was that time travel pilot that just aired. Oh um, no no tomorrow. No no that's not it. Oh. That's that's the that's the guy who thinks that the world's going to end show on CW Um, making history. That's it. Uh, Yeah. So we talked about that because, you know, time travel uh, and uh, we talked about the comics and the video game and all that stuff. So go check that out. uh, Back to the Future No Roads edition on our Patreon. You just go to Patreon uh, or or go to duelinggenre.com slash support to go to our Patreon page and you'll get that and all of the other bonus content that we post for all of our other shows. Uh, it's a, it's a hell of a deal for $5 if I do say so myself. So yeah, we, we, um, we, we were, we're very, we were very packing it worth making it worth your while. Absolutely. So go check that out and check out all of Hal's stuff. And we'll see you next week with minute 86. Bye. 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 Bye.